Well, Bill Parcell said you are what your record says you are. Looks like the Buccaneers are what their record says they are. Two and three so far in the season. If you look at it, a little back and forth, a loss, a win, a loss, a win, a loss. Maybe that kind of season for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Welcome in to your PewterPirates.com's podcast, A Few Extra Bucks. I'm going to bring in my team, producer Justin Thomas, and my partner Roy Cummings. And Roy, you know, I thought the Bucks would actually, after that big win over the Rams, I thought they had a great shot in New Orleans. I thought, you know, Arians has these guys believing. It's us against this world and this murderous road trip. But you're the voice of reason along with Justin last week. You said, you know what, the Bucks kind of get us up and they let us down. And that was the case in New Orleans, my friend. Yeah, it was. Uh, look, I just I just feel that New Orleans, the way they've been playing the last you know few weeks, even without Drew Brees, um, they've figured out a formula. It's it's not much different, really, than what uh, they did with Drew Brees, to be honest. Uh, I think the way they're playing offensively is very similar with uh, Teddy Bridgewater in there. And I think just think that they've got uh, at home. I, I just felt that they would, you know, they were the slightly better team. And it came out about the way uh, I thought it would. I was asked, uh, you know, the morning before, uh, you know, what I, uh, for a prediction. And I said, uh, I saw this one being 28-24 Saints. And uh, it turned out being 31-24 Saints, even with the, you know, the garbage touchdown at the end for the Bucks. But, I mean, it kind of went uh, sort of the way I thought it would. I thought at some point the Saints would just, their talent would pull away from Tampa Bay and, and that they would uh, – uh, they would win the game because I don't. I just don't think Tampa is at the point where they're ready to win consistently, week in and week out. Where they're going to be a team that's going to going to. They're a team that's going to scare you, and they're a team that's going to surprise you on occasion. But they're not a team that's going to win consistently. Um, and as you said at the top of the show, uh, they are what we thought they were. They're. I thought they were a 500 team going into the beginning of the season, and here we are. Uh, you know quarter just a little more than a quarter uh way through and they're uh just you know one game below 500 so uh good chance they win again this week and uh, get back to 500 but i think that's what you can expect for this team the rest of the way yeah you have talent out there but boy you have some holes too roy and i don't know what's more troublesome that secondary that was uh you know gave teddy bridgewater such a big game and i give bridgewater credit but boy there were some wide open receivers especially that michael thomas third down play when they had the saints kind of pinned back there that was a pivotal play in the game but i think the most troublesome part of this football team is the offensive line they put a lot of money into this offensive line i mean donovan smith just not getting it done. The guy comes out and plays every week, but just because you show up for work doesn't mean you're good at your job. And I, I mean, the holes on this football team are massive in some really critical areas, Roy. They are, and you're right. I mean, uh, the Bucks uh, youth. And look, I think we all agreed at the beginning of the year that one of the biggest issues the Bucks had going into this season was the fact that they were very young, very inexperienced in the secondary and when you take out a guy who's at least got a year's worth of experience in Carlton Davis a guy who uh is arguably your best cornerback at least in terms of press coverage uh at least that's the way he's grading out for the Buccaneers right now because Bruce Arians came right out and said it you take that away as early on in the game as you did um with the Bucks in, against New Orleans and and that was the guy that you really had planned to have against Michael Thomas for the most part um, you're you're just kind of handing over a, a big edge to uh, to your opponent, and that's what happened. So 
Yes. Um, the lack of experience uh, and uh, the youth of the secondary was exposed in this game. And the offensive line, uh, the, that, that group was exposed yet again as well. And, uh, you know, I hear what you're saying about um, Donovan Smith. I, 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 I only, my, my disagreement would fall on this. First of all, I think the Bucks are getting better play out of Ryan Jensen than they have in the past, um, or did, at least did last year. I think Emily Marpet's played solid, um, if not really good football. Uh, the right side of the line has been adequate at best at best. And I think you can say the same about Donovan Smith, but again, I'm going to say this about Donovan Smith, and it really kind of goes for uh, DeMar Dotson as well. The Bucks are just asking their offensive linemen to do so much more than a lot of other offensive linemen in the league are asked to do. There just aren't that many left tackles, for example, uh, you know, that, that are asked to, to be out there on an island by themselves as often as Donovan Smith is. It, it's hard for him you know, to go 65 plays and really ha- get an A grade because he's, it's just natural. He's going to get beat now and then. Um, and when he does, he's got nobody to help him uh, because the, the Bucks don't keep chip blockers in very often. Uh, uh, they don't keep their tight ends in very often. They, these guys are out catching passes. And as we've seen uh, the last couple of weeks, when uh, Darren Agunbowale is in there as the chip blocker, uh, he he kind of gets bulldozed over. So um, not a whole lot of help there for those guys. But at the end of the day, as a team, if you know that's what you, that's the scheme you're running, well, then you better have somebody in there who's pretty exceptional at working, you know, on an island by himself. Do the Bucks have that in Donovan Smith? It doesn't seem like it, but, you know, I think he's doing about as, as good as he can. I want you as my lawyer one day, my friend. I really do. If I'm in trouble and, and people are saying things <laughs> about me, I, I want you to defend me in the Cummings because – Cam Jordan, when, when Donovan Smith got his deal in the offseason, Cam Jordan celebrated on social media in New Orleans like it was Christmas in March. And then he took it out on Donovan Smith <laughs> to that D-line. I mean, they wore that offensive line down in the fourth quarter of that game more than I've seen any line run over another line in recent memory. I mean, they had six sacks, and it was by five different New Orleans Saints. I mean, that's too much money spent on that offensive line for them to, to wear down that late. And you know what? I've I've criticized Jameis Winston enough on this podcast. He didn't throw any interceptions in that game. If you give Jameis Winston more protection, you finally got him a running game. The offensive line was just brutal in that game. It was. And you know what's surprising is, I mean, you look at the the Rams game where they clearly had an answer and a game plan and a damn good one uh, for Aaron Donald and that pass rush. Uh, They had nothing for, for the Saints. And, you know, I just, to me, that's, that comes down to coaching. I mean, some of it certainly is execution as well, but there was a game plan for taking out Aaron Donald. And it's just like the Bucks didn't quite have the same game plan design, uh, or certainly not as effective a game plan design for the Saints and for Cam Jordan. And it's not just Cam Jordan, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, the Bucks had it all figured out against the Rams. They had nothing figured out against the Saints. And to me, that comes down to coaching, and yes, it's part of his execution, but to me, the biggest part is coaching and getting these guys in a position where they can succeed, and that didn't happen. So, uh, and, we, and unfortunately, we see with the Bucks, we see that more often than not, that, that where they're not prepared well enough, and they don't have an answer for these guys, and it's only going to get worse because now you're facing a prospect of going up against Carolina, uh, which, by the way, has 20 sacks. I think it's second or third in the league. 
Um, and now you don't have the right side of your offensive line. You're going to have a couple of journeyman guys in there, an Earl Watford at, uh, at right tackle and this other kid at uh, – I'm sorry, Watford at right guard and Dotson's out and you're going to have this other kid at right tackle who used to play for the Jaguars. And by the way, he's, he's nothing but a backup, and that's it. I mean, he's really limited in what he can do. So this, this could get pretty ugly pretty fast in, uh, in London on Sunday. Well, it just speaks to how the front office and Jason Light have handled this football team. They haven't drafted well. Uh, there's no cap room. There's a lot of holes. I mean, I can't blame Bruce Arians, and I can't blame Todd Bowles. There's so much these guys can do. You know, they had a great game plan, as you mentioned, in Los Angeles, and I think they missed a big opportunity in New Orleans, Roy. If they beat the Saints, if they get back-to-back wins against the two best teams in the NFC, suddenly this road trip isn't isn't that bad. They have one more game in London, then they get the bye week, and then there's two more games. I think that was a huge loss in a lot of ways for this football team. They really failed to seize the momentum when they had it against the Rams to begin the road trip. Yeah, no doubt about it. Because, you know, you look, you've, you've upset, obviously, one team, you know, Super Bowl uh, player, a Super Bowl team from a year ago. So you upset them, and you got everybody thinking that, hey, this 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 might be the, the time when the Bucks suddenly turn the corner. I mean, there was there was a little bit of buzz about the Bucks going into that game. It wasn't what any, everybody, you know, not everybody was talking about them, but you know, they were at least uh, you know on the list of teams to talk about going into Sunday because it's like, hey, they did this. What if they can match it again? And then somehow, you know, if the Bucks suddenly take uh, uh, take on the Saints and beat them, well, now you've beaten two two pretty damn good football teams in a row and everybody's looking at you in a different light. So again, opportunity lost for the Buccaneers. And this is what we've seen from these guys, you know, year in and year out over the last few seasons or last, you know, decade, I should say, or more is that, you know, the, the opportunity is there for these guys to do something special and they can't get it done. And it's, that's what's disappointing. And it's uh, again, it's, it's why, you know, people just continue to shake their heads over this team because they can't consistently find a way to win games that, that matter and, and make a difference. So uh, it was, a, you know, it's just, a, again, that's a real disappointing uh, situation for these guys. Roy, how, how far away is this football team? Uh, I believe in Bruce Arians. I believe in Todd Bowles. Um, I'm starting to believe a little more in Jameis Winston. But, boy, at the beginning of that game, Jameis could easily have had a few picks. I don't know if he's a long-term answer. Is this football team anywhere close to making the playoffs or being a contender with this coaching staff, with the core components they have right now? I think they are. I think they're closer now than they were a year ago. I, I do like a lot of the personnel. I mean, I, I, I like the quarterback. I like the receiving core. I like the tight end core. Um, I actually like the secondary. It just needs some time to develop. Uh, I really like the linebacking core, what's not to like. I like some of the young defensive linemen. I think there's a lot of pieces here. Um, I think they got the kicking game figured out. I, I think Matt Gay will uh, will be given the time to correct some flaws and mistakes and that he'll be fine. So I think uh, I think there's a lot there. I, I think they're they're right on the cusp of being one of those teams that can contend. Um, they're not ready yet. That's obvious. We saw that. Last week, we saw it in week one. We, you know, put these guys up against a good football team, and more often than not, they're going to get beat. Um, but they should be good enough right now to beat teams that are on their level. Uh, teams like the Giants, which we saw. Teams like Carolina. Um, that they should be able to do. Teams that are up above them, they're not there yet, and they're going to be inconsistent with that. They're going to have days where they figure it all out and everything goes their way, and 
they're going to beat a team like the Rams, but then they're going to have days like last week where they just can't seem to get themselves on track and they're going to end up losing. So, and to me, that's, a, you know, again, that's a 500 football team. That's a team that's still building, but it's on the cusp. It's there. I mean, it's got the part figured out where it can beat teams that are at the same level they are. They just can't beat, cons- consistently beat the teams that you have to beat in order to really be a contender. Well, I really feel sorry for this fan base. You know, I was doing some research on this game. As you know, I cover the Saints uh, as well as the as the Bucks. And, you know, Jameis Winston, how about this stat? He has 24 career wins as an NFL starter. Drew Brees has beaten the Bucks 16 times. So <laughs> that that number jumped out at me. And also the last time that the uh, Bucks played the Saints without Drew Brees, how about this? Their starting quarterback was Chris Sims. Their best receiver was Joey Galloway. And their best running back was Cadillac Williams. That was back in the 2005 season. Their last game was uh, January 1st of 2006. They had just wrapped up their last playoff uh, clinching berth. And the Saints, obviously, were going nowhere during the Katrina season. So it can be done. Things can be turned around quickly. The Saints have proven that. But the Saints, to me, are in good shape cap-wise for the most part. And they also have a good young core. I think the wild card in this division, because it looks like the Falcons are a, are a hot mess right now, are these Carolina Panthers in the on-deck circle for the Bucks? It's unbelievable to me the dynamic that Kyle Allen has brought to this football team. I mean, he's really sparked this offense. It's it's a much better team than the team the Bucks saw in week number two with Cam Newton. Yeah, it is. Uh, you're absolutely right. And Kyle Allen has proven that uh, he's not a bad football player, which we shouldn't be surprised at. I mean, you know, it's funny how in the NFL – Backup quarterbacks are really looked at looked at as something that you know is a a lost hope, not a last hope. But uh, Kyle Allen's proved that you know with a little bit of a running game around him, he he could be an effective quarterback, and uh, he's done a good job for him. So you know, here we go again. I mean, you know, I heard somebody today actually kind of criticizing the Bucks about the fact that they always seem to struggle against backup quarterbacks, but. You know, it's like somebody was saying, you know, Tampa Bay's where backup quarterbacks go to flourish. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. True. But, it's you know, if, if the Bucks lose to, to Kyle Allen and the Panthers, it's like, OK, so well, they're, they're the fourth team in a row then to lose to the Panthers uh, with Kyle Allen, a quarterback. So it's not like this is only something that Tampa Bay's doing, but it's just proof that uh, they've coached this kid up pretty well. They've got a good scheme for him. They've got a good running game around him. And guess what? Oh, by the way, the defense is playing pretty good football, too. So. Um, you know, it, it, it is a, it's a much better team. It's a different team, it seems, completely than uh, what the Bucks faced in, uh, in Carolina the you know, second week of the season. But, hey, uh, the Bucks obviously figured out a way to stop Christian McCaffrey in that game. If they could somehow do that again. I think it gives them an edge because here's the thing. If you stop that running back, if you stop that running game, now you're putting the game on Kyle Allen's shoulders, and I'm not sure that has happened yet. Uh, I don't think that the, the 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 Panthers have actually had to really lean completely on Kyle Allen to bail them out, uh, and and if the Bucks can force that, uh, make them a, a one-dimensional team that has to throw down by a score to, they're going to be in the driver's seat. So that's what that has to be the game plan. It has to be all about stopping Christian McCaffrey, uh, getting some takeaways, getting a lead, getting sco- a score, two-score lead and putting the pressure on uh, Kyle Allen. If that happens, they're going to have a chance to win this game. You know, 
I think that's one of the shining moments of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, especially for Todd Bowles, was shutting down Christian McCaffrey in week number two, and especially on that last play. I would venture to say, if I had a pick of the best player in the NFL, you could give me anybody. I'd take Patrick Mahomes first, but boy, Roy, I'd take Christian McCaffrey right after him. Oh, I wouldn't argue. I, I wouldn't argue. At all. I, I think he's um, he's certainly one of the five top players. He's just one of the five best football players in the NFL right now. Um, there, there's a few other guys certainly in that conversation, but if somebody were to come, if somebody were to come to me and say, you know, they got Christian McCaffrey as the number one player in the league overall. I wouldn't argue because he's a football player. He does so many different things and he does them all well. Um, he's really a weapon. And, and it's, it's, hey, it's, it's a feather in the Bucks' cap that they were able to stop this guy uh, the first week. You hope that that wasn't just something where, they, where he had a bad day, wasn't feeling himself, uh, uh, they didn't have a good game plan, uh, couldn't seem to adjust to the fact that uh, uh, Cam Newton was struggling. You better hope that this was a case where the Bucks really figured something out and had an idea of how to stop Christian McCaffrey. Because if it does, or if it was, then they should be able to do it again. Because, again, like I said, that's what they're going to need to do in order to win this game. How much of a disadvantage is it? You know, obviously the first game was played in Carolina. The Bucks don't get them back in Raymond James Stadium. They have to travel to London for the rematch. Uh, how, how do you shape that up for the Bucks from their perspective? You know, one, it's not easy. I mean, they're on the road. They're, this is about the point. Actually, my guess is probably about a week from now is where the Bucks get sick of being on the road. And I think the, the real danger comes in the, in the games that follow this. Uh, you know, thankfully they have a, a bye week, but still um, it, it's a bit of a pain. But you know what? Um, I'll say this. The one thing the Bucks have done a pretty good job of, I think, is um, trying to look at things from a little bit different perspective under Bruce Arians. I mean, they brought in some some sports scientists, you know, to help them figure out exactly what it is that has to happen uh, for the body to be as uh, physically prepared and rested for a game overseas as you can have. So I, I think, you know, from a, a preparation standpoint uh, and how they're going to feel physically and everything else going out there to play this game, um, I get the feeling that this is going to be probably as well prepared as the Bucks have ever been for a game in London. Um, you know, they, they haven't done well there and they've tried, you know, different approaches. I mean, they've gone out early, gone out late, um, you know, but here they're going to leave on Thursday. Makes sense. Uh, you know, treat it like a treat it like a, a regular road trip, and uh, you know, just try to adjust. But I think the fact that they've got these sports scientists uh, on their staff is going to help them a great deal. They've been, they, according to Bruce Arians, they've been preparing for this for the last three weeks. They've got they've had guys getting uh, themselves prepared for uh, uh, for for this trip and and how they're going to adjust and how what kind of how much sleep they need to get each day. Uh, and each night and, you know, how they're, they're preparing their body. So this is something that's been in the works. I mean, they've been kind of looking for, looking, you know, gearing up towards this for a while now. So preparation wise, they should be in as good a, uh, as good a position as they've ever been. That's good insight, my friend. You know, I could use some scientists to help me in my life. I don't know about you. <laughs> Couldn't we all use some scientists in our yes. life to help us? I think we can. Yes. Uh, before we get to our favorite segment at the end of the podcast, let's talk about Jameis Winston. I, I feel like, you know, he's not making the errors. He, he's making a, a lot of good things out there. But, man, they just got to help him, Roy. I think I'd like to see Jameis Winston with a great offensive line. We finally got the running game for him. He's always had the wide receivers. 
if if he could get some more help, I really think uh, we'd see a lot more good things out of him, especially with Bruce Arians in his ear. No, I agree with you 100% there, uh, no doubt. Uh, I, I would like to see Jameis with, you know, look, it's not a matter of weapons, but sometimes the weapons, you know, don't don't help him out as much as he'd like to help him out. I, I would like to have seen the Bucks run the ball a little bit more last week. Um, I thought that would have helped him and the team a lot more, so I would have liked to have seen that. Um, you know, there's always a couple of guys who, you know, seem to be struggling to catch the ball with Jameis uh, in there, and I don't think it has anything to do with Jameis. I think that's just, you know, players not. And, and you know, look, we've talked about the weapons, but, you know, the weapon's no good if he can't get open, you know. And last week, Mike Evans couldn't get open, and O.J. Howard couldn't get open. And we saw, you know, this exact same thing that happened. And now, granted, uh, Jameis was having a bad day. But in the opener, you go back to it, in the opener, those guys just couldn't get open. Now, this is two weeks out of five that the receivers have just struggled to get open. And, you know, that's what Jameis has done usually in those situations. is He's done a pretty good job of hitting the underneath routes and the guys that are, you know, just outlets. Didn't seem to do as good a job with that last week. But, you know, sometimes uh, those guys weren't open either. So, uh, number one, I think, yeah, I'd like to see him with a much better offensive line. Um, that may be asking for too much. Um, but it's got to happen. You know, it's it's just it's kind of odd that – and, look, I, I believe Jason Light has done a, a pretty good job, actually, of building this football team, developing in the draft and stuff like that. But, you know, it's just – he's missed on some spots, and, and I'm not sure that he's done a good enough job of preparing that right side of the offensive line. I mean, you can't knock him for getting Ryan Jensen. He was, you know, arguably the best center in the league when they signed him. Uh, Donovan Smith they spent a high draft pick on. Uh, Ellie Marpet spent a high draft pick on. Those guys have worked out to a certain degree, one better than the other, perhaps. But the right side of the line has been a problem, and you knew that DeMar Dotson was getting old. I mean, you could have made an argument for DeMar Dotson being out of the lineup two years ago. You could have said two years ago, he's, you know, it's time to start moving on. They didn't. Um, to me, in the NFL, uh, one of the most important things you have to do is protect your quarterback. If you've decided this is your quarterback and he's going to be your guy going forward, then you've got to build around him. And you've built around him tremendously with, with weaponry, but you haven't protected him. And I, I think that's an issue, and I think it could be their undoing going forward. They've got to get – I mean, this, it puts a lot of pressure on the offensive coordinator, on the offensive line coach to create schemes that allow uh, the line to overcome its, it, it, its, its weaknesses. And unfortunately, this line has a lot, and it's going to have a lot more with two backups in there on the right side uh, this week against Carolina. So, um, you know, we'll see where it goes, but I, I, I can't agree with you more. It's uh, You're absolutely right. I would just love to see Jameis Winston. I'd just like to see, you know, I'd like to see what he looks like, you know, behind a, you know, behind a line like they have in Dallas or behind a, a unit like they have in uh, uh, in Seattle or something. And I mean, just I just think that he would be a, 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 a much more highly – acclaimed quarterback than he is because I think he's it's not a matter of talent with him yeah he's a gunslinger but you know I just think that he's he's suffered as a result of the of a lack of talent around him in a lot of in a lot of ways yeah that would be par for the course of the Bucks. he would go somewhere else and do well but uh, we don't want to think about right now that right now you know what we want to think about Justin you know what time it is More likely time, baby. Three hypotheticals about the Bucks. sometimes about sports in general, and then sometimes we go outside the lines a little bit too. 
Uh, let's go. Let's bring Justin Thomas in, our producer. I got so crazy with the uh, all the all the all the Bucks bad news. I didn't introduce you at the beginning, my friend. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. I can handle it. I know. I know. You, you roll with the punches. All right. More <laughs> likely, number one. Uh, and we're gonna get to predictions after this too. Um, who's been the most disappointing Buccaneer so far? All right. After five games, is it more likely Vernon Hargraves? Is it more likely Donovan Smith or more likely OJ Howard, Justin Thomas? Yeah, I'm gonna take Donovan. I'm gonna take Donovan Smith off. Uh, I really, honestly thought OJ Howard would have a big year this year, uh, but part of me shouldn't be surprised. Bruce Arians tends to not use tight ends as much, at least not in the passing game. Maybe more for blocking. I really thought Vernon Hargraves was going to have a bigger year. He, outside of that really big tackle in the Carolina game, uh, I haven't really can't remember him making any huge plays. And uh, last week he seemed to get burned a lot. I really thought he would uh, turn it on and uh, step make a step forward, but he really hasn't. So I'm going to pick Vernon Hargraves. Yeah, you know, Vernon Hargraves, to me, has kind of typified the Bucks. He, he gets you real excited, then he lets you down. Uh, so, Roy Cummings, what do you think? Uh, most disappointed Buccaneers, disappointing Buccaneers so far, Hargraves, Donovan Smith, or O.J. Howard? Uh, or you could go off the board if you want. No, I, you, you've got three good choices there. And since, uh, since Justin took Vernon Hargraves, um, I'll, certainly, I'll take O.J. Howard because I, I think they're, they're 1A and 1B. Uh, on that list and uh, might be one a plus and one a minus on that list uh, because you can say both are disappointed. I, I can see a Hargraves is disappointed because look, he came into the season healthy, um, new coach, new scheme, scheme that fits his skill set. Uh, a lot of talk about him, you know, a lot of talk from him about needing to step up, be a better player. Hasn't really done it yet. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is on him. Uh, clearly, uh, Bruce Arians believes he's got to play better and smarter. So I think it's a, but OJ Howard, I mean, this kid, we've kind of been waiting for the, for the starlight to, to go on for him and it hasn't quite happened. And, um, and I don't think it's due to anything except his own, you know, lack of, uh, uh, of execution. He's, he's dropped passes. He's failed to get open. Um, he's just, he's had a real rough go of things and, uh, and I think it's all on him. So I'm going to say O.J. Howard. Uh, in an offense like this, it's kind of, you know, it gives you so many opportunities down the field and to make big plays. Uh, he's yet to really make any, and he's had an opportunity to make some, and he just hasn't done it. Yeah, I agree. O.J. Howard, to me, is definitely my pick. And, you know, he caught that foul ball at the Rays game. He's had more catches in Tropicana Field than Raymond James Stadium that have impacted <laughs> things. That's an easy joke. But, you know, O.J. Howard, to me, I think another hard thing, Roy, is he was, you know, kind of had that, you know, he kind of fell into the Bucks' lap in the draft. But think about all the it, all the guys they could have drafted. You know, they could have got Dalvin Cook. They could have got a top-flight offensive lineman. There are a lot of needs on this football team. O.J. Howard was that extra accessory for this offense that already had a lot of weapons. So I think that's what makes it tougher, too, is, you know, he was supposed to come in, make that immediate impact. Boy, I can't believe he fell to the Bucks. And you look at all the players they could have had, I think that makes it a little more frustrating if you're a fan. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, look, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with the pick. To me, when when a player who's ranked, uh, some people thought he was, you know, third best player in that draft. When that falls to you at number eleven, you got to jump all over it. Um, the Bucks were at a point then 
where they thought that they were, uh, you know, good enough that they could just take the best draft for need necessarily. And look, uh, at the time they had a coach who was really big on two tight end schemes and it, it made a whole lot of sense. Uh, I think one of the issues we have now is that maybe the tight end isn't featured as much in Bruce Arians attack as it was in Dirk Cutter's attack. Um, that doesn't mean you, you don't need two exceptional uh, t- tight ends. The Bucks have that, I think, in terms of the talent between Cameron Bray and O.J. Howard. But O.J. Howard's just got to play better. Um, it's really a lot like Vernon Hargraves. He's got to play better, and uh, until he does, the Bucks are going to the Bucks are going to have some issues. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you know, when you, when you look at this football team, that's why changing coaches every other year hurts because you draft personnel for one coach. You don't get it for another, but the best coaches adapt with their personnel. Bruce Arians needs to get more involved, and O.G. Howard needs to get find himself open a lot more in this offense. Okay, our second more likely, Justin, this may be tougher for you because you don't live in our area, but, you know, it, it's funny how the Tampa Bay market fluctuates. A week ago, you know, you have the Rays on the rise, and you have the Bucks seemingly on the rise, and then you have the Lightning. They always have high expectations, but now things have kind of uh, dipped down for the Bucks. The Rays are on fire. The Bolts always have high expectations. Who has more likely the best future, the Bucks, the Rays, or the Bolts? I am the worst person to ask that question. I don't follow uh, hockey, baseball, pretty much any sport outside of football and a little bit of basketball. So <laughs> We'll cheat off Roy's page. Here. Well, Roy has to go Roy, first. What <laughs> Roy, what do you think? Uh, I, I would say the Rays. Um, Look, they're they're there, and and you can see it won't take much for them to get better. I mean, a fifty-six million dollar payroll, and they're going toe to toe with the best team in baseball, in my opinion, in the Astros, um, beating up on pitching over the last couple of games. That uh, uh, you know is exceptional, arguably the best pitching uh, in in the, in the major leagues. And look, they, they won ninety-six games. Um, you know, and with a, a, a team full of guys who. Not a lot of people know about. Um, I think they figured out a system, kind of like the Cardinals, uh, who are always in the mix. Always, uh, you know, they've got a very good uh, uh, minor league system. They've got a very good uh, idea of what it takes to win consistently at the major league level. How to keep retooling your team uh, without falling too far off the uh, off the contention bandwagon. Um, they figured it out, and the Bucks have certainly haven't figured that out. Uh, the Lightning. Uh, you're in a league there where uh, half the teams make the playoffs anyway, and it really doesn't matter whether you're first or eighth in that group uh, because if you don't figure out how to play in the playoffs, you're not going to go very far. And the Lightning figured that out, found that out last year. So um, I think the Rays have the most upside right now. I just think they're a team that could easily go out, and based on what, they have, what they're doing right now, if they continue, you know, even if they don't win anymore, even if they get knocked out, uh, you know, at the end of, the, at the end of this uh, first series here, um, there's going to be enough people impressed with what they're doing that they're going to get a couple of free agents to, to come their way. Um, the, the, the holes that they have are not gaping. They can fill them with, uh, with you know, adequate or, or slightly better players and still continue to win. So uh, I think the Rays have uh, the better upside of all three teams. Yeah, my favorite stat on the Rays was Zach Grinke pitching for the Astros the other night. It makes over $30 million. That's more than the starting lineup for the Rays. That's why you got to love the Rays. I mean, the front office has done all the right things, unlike the Bucks, You know, the Lightning's done a lot of the right things, but it's just mentally doesn't seem like uh, they're getting it done in the playoffs. The Rays maximize all their resources, 
and they're really peaking at the right time. It'll be fun to see how they do this year and moving forward. Yeah, I agree with the Rays. Upon further review, Justin, what do you think? Roy said it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our, fi- our final more likely, okay? The Bucks are heading to London. I've been to London. Roy, you've been to London. Justin, have you been to London? I have not. Okay. Well, I'm going to say more likely, if you haven't been to London, is there a place you'd like to go to your in, a vacation spot in Europe? You can pick London, Justin, since you've never gone. Roy and I are going to have to pick outside of London. But dream vacation spot outside of London. You know, you could go internationally, but I was going to keep it in Europe since they're going to London. Um, yeah, that's easy. I think Paris, even if I had been to London, Paris would still be top of my list. It's a city I've always wanted to go to and uh, explore. I've heard amazing things about it. So, yeah, actually, London's pretty low. I would have picked other cities before I would actually go to London. So I don't know what that says about London, but. I'm a big fan of London. I really enjoyed my my few trips there. But Roy, is there a place in Europe you'd like to go because you've been to London? Yeah, I've been to London, and I, look, I've been fortunate enough to have gone to uh, many places in Europe. I was fortunate enough. I've been to Japan. I've been to Egypt. I've been all throughout, throughout Europe. The one place I have not been that I the, the, the next place on my bucket list, I guess, is uh, Greece. I haven't been to Greece, so I would like to go there. Um, I just I'm a big history fan, so I mean going to Rome was was incredible, and just about anywhere in Europe is uh, is just as exciting to someone for me, you know, like me who enjoys history and that kind of thing. But um, I'd like to go to Greece. That's that's the next one on my bucket list is to get to Greece. Yeah, Egypt. He throws Egypt down on us, Justin. That was impressive, Roy Cummings. I like that. <laughs> I I would love to go to Egypt. I, I just happen I happen to be in Italy, and it, and it wasn't that very hard to get there. So I want to go to Rome. <laughs> that, that's where the I'll, benefit of Marriott points, guys. The benefit of Marriott points. We'll have to. Okay, that's, well, that's what it's all about. Well, one day we're going to have to debate Marriott versus Hilton points, but that's a whole different podcast. Uh, and I think you may be right, uh, even though I disagree with your music a lot, and you disagree with okay. mine. But I, I, I want to go to Italy. I want to go to Rome. It's been something I've, <laughs> I've wanted to do for a, a very long time. I think uh, just the history of Rome, the food, just just everything about it, even though I've heard Spain and Barcelona is really an attractive place to go. I'll give you my runner-up, too, and you may have been here. I want to go to Italy, but I also want to go to Ireland. I've heard great things about Ireland. Yeah, I haven't been to Ireland. Uh, my yeah. wife has some friends who uh, live in Ireland. I haven't been there. I'd like to go. Uh, Barcelona is fabulous. It really is. Um, the Sagrada Familia, the the the, the church that's be, still being built there, been built for they've been building it for a hundred years, is absolutely uh, everybody should see it. No matter what your religious uh, leanings are, uh, even if you don't have them, you should go to it. It's just a it's an architectural wonder. Uh, Barcelona is is beautiful. Uh, highly recommend it, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go to Ireland too. But it, it's after Greece for me. Okay, we culture you up here on your uh, <laughs> podcast for the Buckos. Here, we give you culture, we give you you know all kinds of stuff. But uh, finally, we're going to end with predictions. And Justin, uh, we've kind of dissected this game a little bit. We've recapped the last game. Are the Bucks going to get back on track across the pond? Uh you know what? I I kind of think they do. I really do. Um, Carolina's good. I don't think they're as good as their record seems to show. The running game's really, really 
probably the best thing they've got going. Their defense is a little suspect, and Kyle Allen is he's pretty good, but it seems like the run game is what keeps him going. I think the Bucks find a way to stop Christian McCaffrey. I do think it's a close game, but they finally – I think the, the loss of the Saints is rough, but they they figure it out, right the ship. I think they get a win. You got a score for me? I think it's going to be a little bit lower. I think, let's say, 20 to 17. 20 to 17. Beautiful. Roy, you have a prediction score for me. Yeah, I do. I, I think the Bucks bounce back as well. Um, I think they're a slightly better football team than uh, than the Carolina Panthers. I think they've got uh, uh, they've got the better quarterback. Believe it or not, um, they may not have the better offensive line or defensive line, but I still think they've got the better weapons. Um, I, I, I think they I think they learned a lesson or two from their loss last week, and I think this is where Bruce Arians can do some things that some other coaches the Bucks have had just couldn't seem to do. I think Bruce Arians has the ability to, to get a team corrected uh, in a short span of time and get them to take advantage of an opportunity to win a game um, where, you know, where they just didn't play well the week before. So I think he corrects the mistakes that they had. I think they'll probably put a good game plan together for the two new offensive linemen. Uh, I think they'll correct a lot of the issues that they had. And I think they'll, uh, I think they'll win this game. It's going to be a low score, but I think 24-13 Buccaneers. Well, I hate when we agree, but I'm going to have to agree with you guys. I think this Bucks team, there's something about it. I think they're, they're going to show they're resilient under Arians as well. I think that's the, the great thing that he brings is a little swag to this team. And, uh, you know, maybe the motivating factor is, guys, you know what? It's been an up-and-down road trip, but we went here, we get a week off, and we only have a couple left. Maybe uh, psychologically, maybe the, the sports scientists will plant that in their heads <laughs> while they're eating uh, fish and chips over there or something. So I'm going to give, I'm going to say, I'm going to think they're going to score a little more. I'm going to give the Bucks a 27 24 victory over the Carolina Panthers. So if Carolina wins, we're all a bunch of idiots. But if the Bucks win, we're all a bunch of geniuses. So we'll see how it plays out. Roy Cummings, I appreciate you. I hope one day. You get to go to Greece. Justin, enjoy Paris one day, and I'll, I'll always dream of Rome. But in, in the meantime, we'll see how the Buccos are against the Carolina Panthers. Remember, subscribe to PeterPirates.com. It's absolutely free. And let us know what you would like on future podcasts. Give us some comments. We're on all the platforms. We're on iTunes. We're on Podbean. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Google. So let us know what you're looking for in future podcasts. If you have any questions, Roy Cummings has covered this team for a long, long time and provides the kind of insight that you heard on this podcast. So until next time, thanks for logging on. I'm Mike Neighbors for Justin Thomas and Roy Cummings. We'll see you next week. Talk to you next.